Hey, what is up? This is the Leafs Combo for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario, oakridgeford.com. I'm NJ in LDN, and my good friend MIB is in BUF. We are your hosts going on almost a full three seasons now, covering the Maple Brothers inside and out. Speaking of, two straight wins after a 4-1 victory over the Jets, sweeping the Winnipeggers back on this ascent upwards. How long will they ascend and um will there be any end to it remains to be seen mr a good sunday morning to you sir good morning norm um yeah i i had somebody i think it was kevin allen from usa today or formerly of usa today uh, on our buzzcast on friday described the leafs as sort of being dozy uh and, you know like that that five games after the trade deadline it was almost like they let the foot off the gas pedal a little bit. You know, they got a couple points, loser points, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it just seemed that the efforts, the 60-minute effort was sort of inconsistent, that they would allow gaps and the other team would take advantage of it or their goaltender would let in goals that a junior B goaltender would stop. So that, that you know, that was what happened for the week or so after the deadline. But when they come up against a team like Winnipeg, who – is a team they could face in the playoffs and a team that is that was the closest to them in the standing. The team that we've seen for most of the year showed up. And like you said, before we started recording, they were getting contributions from throughout the lineup. It wasn't just Matthews and Marner, you know, the fourth line was producing the, you know, the bottom pairing was looking good. I mean, it was just Jack Campbell was playing, providing confidence goaltending. It was all throughout the lineup. And maybe there was maybe there was a little credibility to them being sort of dozy and lazy and and uh but they got a wake up call on Thursday when they played Winnipeg and you know now they have swept the Jets and I think unless there's a massive collapse in the last eight games, they're gonna win the North Division. Yeah. 65 points with eight games to go. I think the president's trophy nearly out of the cards but a scotia north crown for what it's worth good and a step in the right direction look this team could win five in a row and then lose its last three and then go into the playoffs and lose three and then win four whatever the format is it's a roller coaster ride um that you know we're all a part of and trying to enjoy to the best of our ability. What I like about the last two games is that um, they kind of pushed their closest competitor in the division back a bit with um, play that you could say wasn't reliant upon one or two individuals. It was spread right across the lineup. Last night, all the lines scored. You're getting contributions from the youngins from the oldens, from the stars, from, mm-hmm. from the contributors. This kind of mosaic at this type of, at this point of the season is what I want to see. So I'm pleased uh, over the last uh, 48, 72 hours with what has transpired. Well, look at the look at the, the two games and look at the key goals. You know, you would have to say the key goals of each game. Game game one, Leafs score two goals in the first minute and a half, mm-hmm. shoot out to a two nothing lead, blow that lead in the first period. It's two two, 
and who scores the goal to make it three two and put them in the lead for the rest of the game. It's the Spezza Thornton yep. Adam Brooks line. Yep. Spezza getting credit for the goal, although everybody thought Thornton had scored it. The next night, Ehlers scores less than a minute into the game. And then a few minutes later, what line scores the tying goal to right the ship? The Thornton. Jotho. Spezza line. So that fourth line. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of people have been critical of Joe Thornton. For what? For Well, because he hasn't, because he hadn't scored in 20 games. But he, he's the oldest Leaf. To ever score. That's, no, but you have to understand the fact that he's Joe Thornton, and people are expecting, even at 41 years old, even as a fourth liner, to score. And that's the thing. Now, over okay. the last, and he I, did last night. Yeah, and but this is the thing. Over the last few games, you've seen. I think Thornton. I think subconsciously, a lot of these veteran guys were saying, million "Okay, percent, million percent." I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, they're like. Here we go. It's time. Let's go. Yeah, conserving their energy, saying, okay, now is the time, especially this two-game set against Winnipeg. Winnipeg wins both of these games. First place in the division is up for grabs. So what happens? Simmons shows up. Thornton shows up. Thornton shows up in a physical way, getting under the skin of Nick Ehlers to the point that Ehlers is losing his losing his head. Um, Spezza shows up and uh, so all the veterans show up at a specific time. And I, I would think that when the playoffs roll around in the middle of May, that these players are going to show up, even if they drop off a little bit in the remaining eight yep. games, they know when to turn it on and when not to turn it on. This is the Leafs combo for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario, Norm and Mike check out my Facebook page at Norm at Oak Ridge Ford. I have pictures of one of the most iconic sports cars of all time, the GT500 we have in our showroom with tax. You know, we get taxed pretty heavily here. Uh, as you do in New York State, Mike, um, mm. you're, you're looking at like $170,000 for this car, 800 horsepower. Uh, the People's Republic of New York. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop. Get, let's go. Enough. <laughs> Enough out of you there, um, Newt. Enough, Newt. Um, so... <laughs> Let me just finish what I'm saying about our sorry, sponsor. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the uh, GT500 uh, Shadow Black Carbon Fiber Track Pack. I know one of the OGs has some money under the mattress and is ready to make a purchase. I, I just wanted you guys to, to check it out. Plus 0% on Escape continues on. There's like barely any left on our lot now. It almost resembles the truck situation. Uh, but we continue forth in the car business as we do with the podcast business. The Maple Brothers really um, impressing me with the, the way they all contributed over the last two games against Winnipeg. And look, a, a show ago, we were lament, lamenting the goaltending and wondering if the Leafs uh, had what it took to take it to the next level and then here we are two wins later feeling a lot better about how things um may transpire mike and not to get too far ahead of ourselves and, and you play interdivisional your first two rounds of the playoffs mm -hmm. i'm hoping after what the leafs have learned through the 56 that they can if all goes well and i know this is ideal and it's probably not going to happen just get through those two those first two rounds as quickly as possible is that possible 
I, I don't think so because these teams, after playing each other 10 and 9 times through 56 games, are so well aware of the, you know, traits positively mm -hmm. and negatively of their opposition that it's going to lead to really tight series. Now, I, do I think that the Leafs can and will get out of the first two rounds, get out of the North Division? Oh, yeah, sure. but, but that, but there's no guarantee. I mean, you get a mm -hmm. hot Connor Hollebuck uh, in the uh, in in the second round series against Winnipeg. Um, you know, he could win that series on his own. So you it's, know, that's a drink at Starbucks, the hot Connor Hollebuck. Yes, with with with, 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 with cinnamon sprinkled on top of it. Yeah, um, but uh, but, but you know, but you know, to that point, it's like I mean, I I, I you know, it's going to be. I, honestly, I think the first round, depending on who they play, it could be tough. I mean, yeah. Let, let's just say that I don't I don't think that the Leafs are under any illusions that it's going to be a cakewalk through the North division. And thankfully, I think that's, that's good to have that kind of mindset because you do that, you know, if they had that mindset against Columbus, they got punched in the mouth last year because Columbus beat them in five games. Yeah. And, and they're lucky it was five games because they had that comeback and uh, yeah. the three goal comeback late in game four, uh, you know, otherwise, I mean, you know, you can't take anybody for granted, and I think any series against any team that they play against is going to be tough. It's full steam ahead, but with this team, it comes to a head, mm -hmm. and then there's a regression, right? There's It's 10 steps forward, 7 steps back, 10 forward, 6 back. Right. But that trend might can't continue uh, for for much longer. It, it really can't. Um, and if if the veterans who've been conserving their energy and mentally getting prepared for this next grind, as Joe's played a million playoff games, uh, you know, Spezza wants his his chance back in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. uh, Simmons, you know, Felino, these guys on this team, uh, Galchenyuk, all these guys, they, they this is I, if if it doesn't all come together for for a group like this who have you know a lot of different identities. Uh, uh, different uh, reasons personally for, for why they want to succeed um, coming together as a collective and it doesn't um, uh, bear fruit, then, you know, you got to applaud Kyle Dubas for trying, but then the, the, the organization has to be cursed because this really does seem uh, like the right mix of guys uh, pending professional and competent goaltending just want to go through a couple of comments and then we'll continue on i think we'll go a little longer today because we do have a few days to let this content season david hayna uh that a boy joe go leafs go mike you're, you hit the nail on the head with with thornton starting the process what's going on right now where we are um in the you know late stages of the regular season getting prepared for the playoffs. Johnny, what a difference a week makes. You've got that right, Johnny. Silent Night, Norm, the next ravishing YouTube World Heavyweight Champion. Hit his music. Where is the music? I don't hear it anywhere. Um, Silent Night, thank you very much for that. Caleb Merstrom, the Big Bad Leafs. I'm loving the pushback this team has, and it's much needed. Hmm. Oh, okay. This And this was the thing. Um, a lot of people pointed to Wayne Simmons, um, pushing Pierre-Luc Dubois out of the crease, um, 
trying to crowd Jack Campbell in Thursday night's game and then basically pushing him, pushing him against the boards and um, mouthing off at Dubois at the end of game two on Saturday and getting a misconduct. See, this is the thing. People have to remember, and I, I'm, Wayne Simmons wasn't here when this happened. Pierre-Luc Dubois is the guy who put out Jake Muzzin in the playoffs last year. Now he didn't he didn't hit him, but he threw him off kilter, and there was a you know, and and Muzzin ended up ended up getting yep. getting hurt. And Dubois was the key yep. key point for Columbus beating the Leafs uh, in in the play in game. Yeah, they know that the team knows that, and I'm sure you know like Dubois and you know Winnipeg didn't have Adam Lowry, who's one of their tougher guys in the lineup, but the Leafs clearly were sending a message in this two-game set when Alex Galchenyuk uh, uh, hits uh, uh, Blake Wheeler, or sorry, hit Lowry because that's why Lowry was out. Sorry, hit Lowry uh, and and uh, Joe Thornton uh, with the stuff with the Ealers, and he hit uh, uh, um, uh, Matthew Perot. There was a f- and the one the most important one, and we'll talk about him in a minute. Rasmus Sandin with the double cheek check, the uh, the uh, Nicholas Cronvall check on Blake Wheeler. I mean, the Leafs, without getting goonish, stepped it up physically, which is the, what you have to do in a playoff scenario is you have to throw hits. You have to be physical. Maybe they're not going to pile up as many hits as the opposition, but to do what they did and sort of punch the other team in the mouth, that's what you have to do. And Mike, we know that hockey is going to go from ice capades to rollerball mm-hmm. like that. Right. And these, and the, and the players that the Leafs have, even, you know, Joe Thornton has never been known as a super tough guy in his career, but yep. later in his career with San Jose, when they made their playoff run, I think it was 16 when they made the cup final against, uh, against uh, a Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, he was physical. And he's a big dude. And I think he realizes with his offensive game slipping from you know his heyday, he's got to find other ways to contribute. And this is the reason he came to Toronto, is to win, is to advance, is to have a chance at winning the Stanley Cup. So he's going to do everything he possibly can, including being physical. I've seen him lay out, lay out some hits. I've seen and, and I've also seen him, you know, with e, you know, Ehlers has been a leaf killer all year. And if he, and he scored the opening goal on Saturday. And if you don't think he was thrown off by Thornton sort of getting in his kitchen and sort of jabbing him and frustrating him. Look at the end of the game when Thornton was mouthing off at him in the pre- in the penalty box. Yeah, it got it got it got under his skin, and that's of course it did. Yeah. Well, that's by design too. Sure. We'll keep going on about Joe here, and he's just the cog in the wheel, regardless of his illustrious career and where he's headed after the game. Uh, probably to a slow pitch diamond on the outskirts of St. Thomas. It's hanging around on his truck. That's uh, good old Joe and then the Hall of Fame as well. But the intensity, he can smell it. He knows it despite the, the wacky season and however the playoffs unfold. He, he can sense it. It's just it's in his blood. Uh, it's intrinsic. Um, so good on Joe Thornton. Good on the, the, the diversity of the lineup. Uh, everybody contributing. This is this is what I've wanted to see. I hope it continues. I really do. I hope we're not looking at the last couple of games of the regular season and going, what the fuck? This team is, um, has lost three straight going into the playoffs, and now it has to rekindle the magic again. Get on an ascent and take off. Seriously, just take off 
and go get this thing. Um, we want to throw some shout outs at a few other players. Uh, uh, Nick Felino in, in a moment, he's looked really good and he's just coming to do what he needs to do playing on different, um, in kind of a different uh, situation uh, throughout his first couple of games. Rasmus Sandin, um, he's getting some shout outs in yeah. the chat. Caleb Merkstrom, the Sandman. Arun Rajakumar, Sandin looks like he's fitting in well with the big boys. Okay. So against Vancouver on April 20th, 16 minutes of ice time, 19 shifts, um, 20 shifts against Winnipeg in the first of the two. Um, he was a plus one out there for about 13 and change. And then another th almost 14 minutes of ice time uh, last night, picked up a point, looked good on that um, backup uh, power play unit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, okay, this is, this is the thing that's, extremely impressive Rasmus Sandin I believe up until the game against Vancouver had played one professional game in a year in a calendar year mm. you know ever since the the, the Marlies had you know he'd played I think 26 27 games with the Leafs uh when Riley was hurt and Muzzin oh. was hurt late in late in the regular season before the before the uh before COVID hit but he seemed at that point, you know, he he definitely has the offensive talent. Mm -hmm. It's always been there. You've seen that at the World Juniors. You've seen him as a, I see as a premier power play quarterback at the AHL and at the junior level, but not at the NHL level. And that comes with time. But I have a feeling that in that year that he was off, um, he he did a lot of work in the gym because he's a lot stronger of a player. At least he appears to to be. Uh, in three games, and then he was he was getting pushed off the puck a lot. He doesn't seem to be uh, being pushed off the puck behind the behind the uh, the goal line along the boards as he did as a younger player. And you know he got hurt in his first AHL game and then was out for six weeks. So this is a guy who hasn't played at all in a calendar year, and he comes in and it's like he's been playing for 30 games at the AHL level. And he's played really well, not made any big mistakes. He's He's been surprisingly physical. I mean, not only the check on Wheeler, but I saw him throw a couple checks against Winnipeg on Thursday. And the, pa okay, the pass that he made on the two-on-one goal that ended up being the Tavares goal, it was a perfect lead pass to Neilander that sprung Tavares for the for the goal. Um, it's a it's a pass that a lot of defensemen can't make or mm -hmm. fail to make at, at certain points. And this is a 21 year old kid, and he led uh, Neilander perfectly mm -hmm. to 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 spur that uh, odd man break. Um, somebody said, and I and I agree with this, and I. Um, and I can't remember who it was. It may have been Terry Koshan uh, on um, on Twitter last night. That right now Sandine is putting up a case for when Bogosian comes back for being the sixth the defenseman instead of Travis Dermott. And mm -hmm. I, I I do believe that because the the uh, the aspect that Sandine provides. Yes, uh, Mike. Just to, just interrupt you. You would you if when Bogosian's back, he's back and he's playing. You yeah. need a guy like that in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Because right now, okay, with Bogosian out, Dermot is taking his place on the penalty kill. When Bogosian is healthy, he's a staple on the penalty kill. So right now, what in a battle of Sandine versus Dermot, 
Dermot can't play the second power play. Sandine can. And if you notice last night, Sandine stepped in on the first power play for a couple opportunities in the third period. They wanted to get a look at what he would do on the first power play. Not to say that he's going to supplant Riley in the playoffs, but they want to see because they don't want to take ice time away from Brody and Muzzin um, in the playoffs by them playing power play time because that expends energy and they want those guys playing five on five. So if they can have a guy on your bottom pairing playing power play minutes on the second pairing, that helps out the team five on five. So I agree with Terry Koshan's uh, assessment that Sandine right now is trying out for the playoffs. Um, if, uh, Bogosian comes back. If Bogosian is not back at the beginning of the first round, then it, your top, your bottom pairing is going to be Sandine and Dermot. But right now, Sandine has been impressive enough that that is a realistic possibility. So, um, Mike Angelo's with us from the moon tonight. Why am I? Was I breaking up there? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a joke. It's oh. awesome. Just a little bit. Uh, bird watching life. Sandine's going to be a stud. Why is this is this is kind of a cool time for someone like Sandine, who's been in North America or had been selected by the uh, the Leafs uh, three seasons ago. Um, he's twenty one, so we're not waiting till he's twenty four. Let's let's get it going. But why is this a cool time for a guy like this to be able to? entrench himself uh and 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 make his his name in this game uh in an in during this early period of his career is it because the team might be taking flight here and this is a really good time to kind of latch on to the momentum and build off of it and then become a you know a superstar kind of player next season well i think one of the aspects that is important here is that sandine more than likely is going to be part of the, well, at least the top six and maybe the top four as soon as next year because with the expansion draft, I think it's likely they lose either Justin Hall or Dermott. Um, you know, it, they could lose a forward, but I don't think that, you know, Ron Francis in Seattle is going to, you know, snag a Alex Kerfoot or a Pierre Engvall defensemen, especially young defensemen, are extremely valuable. And a guy like Dermot, who's 23, 24 years old, making less than a million dollars, you know, that's somebody yeah. who will be somebody that they would be interested in. So Sandine more than likely is going to be on the Leaf Blue Line next year. And if he can plug in um, earlier than expected, then that's just a benefit for the Leafs. I mean, you, Kyle Dubas was very confident going into the deadline. He still went out and got Ben Hutton, like I said, as yeah. as Marinson insurance. Um, but he was confident that Rasmus Sandin could step in um, in case in an injury situation in the playoffs. And they got they they're learning that that was the case earlier because of Bogosian's injury. I was unfair to Rasmus Sandin. Um, I hadn't seen him in a while. And my concern is you you drop this kid into the lineup, he's a deer in the headlights. The Leafs do not, do not need passengers. You need someone who's assertive, 
someone who's confident, someone who's going to learn um, from a group in flight. And from what I've seen of three games, and you know me, I'm the most um, decorated and accredited scout there is today. I'm, I'm impressed and I'm, I'm happy to see um, Sandine looking good. And I hope it continues for him and the team. Uh, Nick Foligno as a Maple Leaf, his first two games, a couple of apples, plenty of ice time. He's played with a, a bunch of different players. There's another guy who's come in with his own personal motivations, linking up with a, a bunch of dudes who have similar motivations. Again, what a nice eclectic mix of players. If you if you can't win a Stanley Cup with this diversity in the lineup and this much talent, then, you know, hey, at least you tried. But I don't see how it gets much better than this, especially if you can get um, professional goaltending. Well, okay. First on Felino, a seamless transition. Oh, for sure. Easy. You know, just came, came in. I mean, could you tell that he was excited to have a uh, chance at a playoff run coming in wearing his dad's 93 Leafs ba uh, baseball cap? Yeah, that was you cool. Know, I had one it. of those. Yeah, and it's so, it's so, you know, I mean, he, he clearly, you know, I mean, he, he – Let's just—he's going back to Columbus. He wants to be. He was team captain in Columbus. He wants to. His family lives in Columbus. He's comfortable with that organization. This is purely a rental situation. But he wants—he wanted to come and win with Toronto. Uh, his dad loved his days in blue and white. You know, I—I've I, bumped into Nick Felino or M Mike Felino as a scout at at Marley's games and at Leaf games. And you know, had not had long conversations with him, but clearly he loved his time in Toronto. Um, and you know, that, that game five overtime goal against uh, Detroit in the first round is one of his career highlights. And if, if Nick Foligno scored an overtime goal with the Leafs, if he'd probably do his dad's jump, uh, jump yeah. joy. But the, the whole point is, um, you know, he's a veteran guy. A it's a team with veteran guys. He, he played with Austin Matthews at the world championships. He had a relationship with Jason Spezza going back to Ottawa. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy and he comes in, he doesn't create waves. He just wants to, you know, do whatever he can. He, they fit him in on the top line. He plays, played really well he played on the penalty kill, you know, cause they've needed to replace the minutes lost by Zach Hyman. Yeah. Played well there, so you know, just a great acquisition. They paid a high price for it, but he, they paid a high price for a reason because they knew the transition would be seamless. The Leafs paid a high price to put themselves in the position they're in right now. I, I hope the goaltending doesn't uh, blow this opportunity apart, and I hope um, it's not these guys, um, you know, failing to come together, leaving a a goaltender who's ready, whether it's Campbell or Freddie, uh, out to dry. Well, okay, just to, just because I think it was sort of underreported over the two games. The um, especially in game one, especially against against Winnipeg on Thursday, mm -hmm. Campbell um, was sharp when it counted in the second and third period when the Leafs got the lead, especially he made a, a great glove save on a partial breakaway in the third period when they're up four to three. Um, he was – now you know, the, the Leafs don't need spectacular stand-on-your-head, uh, um, you know, Carey Price, Vasilevsky-type goaltending. They just need 
do no harm. They just need competent goaltending. They don't, you know, they don't need David Riddick, you know, basically allowing goal. Like if I could skate goals, sh shots that I could stop. So, you know, th th that's what, that's what they, you know, and, and, and Campbell gave them competent goaltending, uh, good goaltending on, on Thursday and competent goaltending on, on Saturday. And that's all they really need because he can make the big save. He's shown when he was hot that he could make the big save. But we don't – and this is the thing, Norm. We don't know – you know, we expect Freddie Anderson is going to be back before the, the end of the regular season and maybe get a couple games because the cap allows them to do that. If they put uh, Hyman and uh, and Bogosian on long-term injury, they can fit Anderson's contract in. And they probably mm – -hmm. if he's healthy enough, they will probably will give him a, a start or two. But we don't know whether – He's a hundred percent or not, and if he's not a hundred percent, then this is the guy. Then they really have no other choice. It's Jack Campbell or bust. Mm. Why do I want to uh, pad you up with Bob Sobe's equipment and just light you up with orange balls? You don't want to see it, believe me. Uh, I was an all-star in street hockey, but uh, you know, just howitzers, just bombs, clappers coming. No, I was. I, I was I was one of those guys who would who would charge out of the net and do like a double double stack slide and oh okay a little bit of Ron Hex a little Billy Smith yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Just, that, a, just aggression yeah believe believe just me a, a little Eddie Belfour not no no playing around no, were you, were you yeah, just, stick handle the Johnny Bauer poke check I didn't wear a mask running around the boards real quick I wanted to I wanted to emulate Terry Sacha because I didn't want to wear a mask you know so that kind of stuff. <laughs> what year were you playing, man? Well, no, no, Are you I, a Norman Rockwell? No, no, but I, I, I read a lot. I read a lot of books about hockey history. I mean, obviously, Sawchuk died when I was oh, three years old, but I, you know, I was always in a, <laughs> was always somebody who, who who held the the Glenn Halls and the Bowers and the Jock Plants at, at them in high for sure, for sure. Yeah, so like I, you know, we played street hockey with a tennis ball, so. If I took a tennis ball, Caesar Maniago. Yeah, yeah, Jules Villemur and you know Ed Jockerman, those guys. Yeah, so Doug Favell. He looked better with a mask. <laughs> that man, he's a, probably the worst mask in in yeah, what was it? It masked history. Yeah, hey, uh, we'll wrap we'll wrap here real quick. Um, not too much going on in the chat. That's okay. Does Calgary catch Montreal? And does is would Calgary Calgary be more of a problem for the Maple Leafs if those two ended up meeting? I I don't think Calgary would be as much of a problem. If you know if if it's it's always a risky proposition to say I want to play this team ahead of this team. You know, you, you know, are you going to sign up to play against Matthew Kachuk? Matt, remember Matthew Kachuk won a series. Uh, in the play-in by himself, by taking mm -hmm. out Mark Shifley in the first period of game one against Winnipeg. That just, that devastated Winnipeg, and they couldn't recover from that. Um, but obviously, I think Montreal is deeper, especially in goal, especially, you know, I mean, Price over Markstrom, I think Price is better, although Price has not been healthy the last couple months. Yeah. So we don't know, but I think their defense is a lot better. And I think, you know, guys like Josh Anderson and Toffoli are, are you know, I mean, other than Kachuk, there's not really anybody scary on, uh, on, on Calgary, even um, Monaghan and, and uh, 
uh, Goudreau have not had off years. And, you know, Milan Lucic, if he takes a run at somebody, you know, he'll be yeah. in the box for half half the game. But I just uh, – I mean, it's funny. The Leafs hold their first-round opposition in their hands because – they have eight games remaining and four of them are against Montreal. So depending on what Montreal does against Toronto, they could face the Habs or they could face Calgary or they could face Vancouver because Vancouver's got like six games in hand on the Habs. So it's not over with. But the funny thing is, is that if there if there's a question about whether uh, Calgary or Vancouver can catch Montreal, the playoffs will be delayed based on that because the yeah. Vancouver games at the end of the year sort of bleed into when the first round of the playoffs were supposed to start. So we may not start the playoffs until like May the 20th. And weren't we ready to forfeit the season on Vancouver? Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. If they play all these games and bomb into the playoffs and go nuts. That would just add even more crazy to a crazy season. Well, they have a lot of game, and I'm just looking it up right now. They have a lot of games against Ottawa, and last night they they beat Ottawa four to two. Um, they have let's see one, two. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so they have two more against Ottawa, and then see then their schedule gets really tough. Then they have to play four against Edmonton, five against Edmonton, three against. Four against Calgary. It's a yeah. So I mean, for for that, it's virtually impossible. It's probably Calgary. And right now, Calgary's four points behind Montreal, and Montreal's got a game in hand. So if Montreal has anything left in the tank, they should be able to create enough space to uh, finish in fourth. But you know, who knows? You never know. Does the I mean, we could talk about it because it's it's happening. It's interesting. Does any of it matter? Uh, when it comes to the Leafs' goals and their expectations, you better beat these teams. You should. You can't win the Scotia North. Do what you've done and f fall to one of these teams. The, f uh, the you you better make the semifinals. You have to. Well, I mean, okay. Do do I think? I, I definitely think that there will be questions and there will be a lot of uh, hue and cry and Leafs. Mm -hmm if they lose to Montreal in the first round, because everybody knows Hab fans are those most obnoxious in the world and have to let, to let them have brag, bragging rights over the Leafs because they've won again for the first time since 1979. It'll be, it'll be uh, painful. But that being said, um, you know, if, the, if I don't think there's, there's going to be like, I mean, it would be disappointment. But if they lose to Winnipeg or Edmonton in the second round, if they lose to Connor McDavid or they lose to Winnipeg, mm -hmm. people will be disappointed. But I think they'll say, okay, at least those teams are relatively good and they just came up short. What's, but, what, what, what's a Pab fan? What do they brag about? Like what? They 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 would brag that they would brag that they beat Toronto. That's what they would brag. They, no, but I mean right now, what are you, what are you proud no, of? I mean they're 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 hideous right now. They're 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 flailing about. I mean you know their number one goaltender at the playoff start right now is Jake Allen, and Jake Allen has proven in in a in a seven or eight year career one thing he's not a number one goaltender. So you know, but if Carey Price is in goal and if everybody else is healthy, they will be they will be tough. Look over, uh, Mike. Remind me again. The first round is it a three of five or is it a four seven? Four seven. Everything's four Correct. seven. So the three of five's gone now. Correct. Ah, I like. I, oh, geez, commerce. Do you care? Three five, four seven. I just let's just do. You know, you need sixteen wins. 
um, to, to take this thing. Hey, some normalcy, Mike, uh, in this uh, odd season. Um, so we've watched through through the regular season these ups and downs. So the Leafs, um, the, the descent isn't too lengthy, but it, it's 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 quick and it's um, you know it's it's stark and then back up they go for quite some time and then down again over the period of a seven game series you're going to have these micro games micro moments micro slumps uh and then micro bursts i i i can't see how the leafs fall apart for a substantial enough period of time within this series to not be able to overcome a team like montreal or calgary uh, in the first round um and if if the Leafs get into a, a fire wagon game with a team like Edmonton, even in the playoffs, like you've, you've got to think that they're going to be able to come out of it. It's, well, that's it's the point, Winnipeg right. thing. Sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's Winnipeg that I think the Leafs are, are going to end up against. And that will be a, a knock them down, drag them out. Not necessarily physical, but just, um, you know, but which by any means necessary and that that could be a series for the ages. Uh, just the last couple points, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, I mean, Edmonton playing a wide open game in the playoffs would play right into the Leafs' hands. I think the Leafs have all confidence. That's that all they know how to do, though. Right, right. But but Winnipeg can play more of a, a tactical match, and Paul Maurice is a very good coach. But Montreal, see, that's a, again Montreal with their defense, with their size, with Carey Price if he's healthy. Mm can play two-to-one playoff hockey. That's what they did against Pittsburgh. And honestly, that is that we have seen how the Leafs, over certain points of this season, have gotten frustrated by a team playing, you know, playing basically a trap or playing sort of shutdown hockey and, you know, guys like Matthews and Marner, you know, getting opportunities and not being able to score. That, you know, that is a series that they could lose. That's why I don't think that they're – going to underestimate anybody that they play against, especially Montreal with guys like Weber and guys like Price in their lineup. So, you know, I the funny thing is, like I said, they have eight games remaining. They play four against Montreal. If if they sweep Montreal, Montreal might be out of the playoffs. But do you think that the Leafs are going to expend so much energy as to want to sweep Montreal in the regular season? Probably not. So more than likely it's going to be Montreal who they play against in the first round. And these, they play, they play Montreal three times. Sorry. They played Montreal three times in the final week of the season. And those wind up being sort of playoff previews. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Okay, sorry. My uh, AirPods uh, connected. Hey, this is what happens when you uh, put together a live show. OG's coverage, you wanted it. And uh, hey, we are who we are at this point. Um, yeah, and you're, you think that when the Leafs feel like they've you know got enough room between themselves and the pack and to um, just get prepped in, in more ways than physically for the playoffs they'll have a taxi squad maybe finish it up uh, I, I think i think you're gonna see down the stretch in the last two and a half to three weeks you're gonna see some ben hutton 
You're going to see some Nick Robertson and Adam Brooks get more ice time. You're going to see Matthews and Marner get a night off. Tavares get a night off. I think that they will use their roster and get some players some playing time. Yeah, hey, Tricks beats. Morning, boys. What are the odds we see Thornton drop the gloves with Ehlers next game? Nah. We'll fight it all. He seems like he's ready to go. Uh, I'm sure he's kicked the shit out of Ehlers a few times in his mind, but that would you you know as well as we do, tricks that make zero sense. Final game of the year, a, a geriatric like Thornton, you know, breaking his hand before like he's Joe Thornton. Okay, Joe Thornton was brought to this team to mentor guys, to help get guys ready to go. I mean, you can see the relationship a guy like that has with uh, Marner and and Matthews doing videos for Patrick Marlowe. He's he is the elder statesman. There's no way anybody would ever disrespect that guy. I mean, he's he's as cl as close to hockey holiness as um, as it gets. Not only in that dressing room, but right across the league. He was brought in to help guide this team through a playoff run because it probably it's it could be Joe's last go. Um, and uh, he, I'm sure he wants to be there um, when when the Leafs win their 16th and hoist that damn jug and, and not watching um, from from the press box or whatever because he's got a broken hand or he's injured. Um, God bless this team, Mike. I, I love them. I, I'm, I'm happy for, for the success they've had. We, we get on them when they're down a bit, uh, but we're rightfully behind them uh, all the way and uh, do accentuate and, and get excited about the things that they show are, uh, are, are good about a team and uh, what's possible. So let's, uh, let's hope that the, the final few games, the team, you know, play, plays well stays healthy, evolves, and then when the curtain uh, rises on the playoffs, just go at it, give it their best shot. What do you say? Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll say that uh, the next consequential game may be in the middle of May when game one starts. Right now, I think it's sort of to stay healthy, as you said, um, get a few points here or there, lock up the North Division, and you know we'll see what happens then. OG's Conference, thanks for joining us in the chat. Please do us a favor. Tell your friends about our project, The Leafs Combo, The More, The Merrier, on YouTube. Like this post. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the little bell icon for all the notifications that you can handle. Mike and I are like the Maple Leafs. We're uh, revving up for a, a great playoff run. And, Mike, let's hope it's a long one. We've had too many combos in the past that have uh, ended short uh, with the Leafs season. And then it's like, you know, we take a couple of days off and then the next time we get together, it's after a, a locker clean out, you know, barely, barely into the first quarter of a, a, of an overall playoff schedule. I want this team to go deep and I don't care where the hell they play when they cross the border, um, play in that semifinal and hopefully beyond. Have a great Sunday, guys. Mike, you too. Thanks, Norm.